Double homicide, illegal substance abuse, assault, marijuana possession, theft, and Jesus. Welcome to the 2008 Florida Gators. And welcome to Backfield. I'm Will Robinson. I'm Morgan Banta. And I'm Andrew Fairchild, and we are your hosts. We are a podcast all about player operations and choices. Choices that can determine the outcome of a team. In this podcast, we hope to explain what these choices led to and take you through the backstory of some of the most infamous teams in sports history. And today we'll be joined by Nate Dowell and Luke Anderson, and we'll be looking specifically at one of the biggest anomalies in football player ops, the 2008 Florida Gators. Let's start with where it all began. Head coach Urban Meyer, hired by the University of Florida for the 2005 season after great success at Utah. Nowadays, he's looked at as one of the best coaches in college football history, as he boasts an 84.5 win percentage. In the early days, Meyer searched for players that fit his scheme, and this was a great great benefit to him as he won the 2006 National Championship following the philosophy of recruiting athletes and not football players. But as you know, championships get you eyes, and eyes get you top-level recruits with star power, which become very attractive to Meyer as his career continued in Florida. Here's where things get interesting. How did the combination of players Meyer constructed become such a controversial team? Meyer is a college football legend. After his retirement, Meyer remained quiet for quite some time. However, this summer, rumors began to circulate that he was looking to get back on the field. Texas fans were ecstatic as the crystal ball predicted that he would revive his college football talents to Austin to coach the struggling yet promising Longhorns to a hopeful NCAA championship. However, spirits quickly changed for Texas fans as Meyer announced that he planned on taking the head coach position for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bad news for the Longhorns. Incoming freshman star quarterback Quinn Ewers decommitted just after the news became public. I'm not sure if it was the sole reason that he decommitted, but I'm sure that it had some effect on his choice. When a player with hopes of reaching the NFL wouldn't want to play under such a successful coach. Anyways, if it, if it, anyways, it was January 14th that Coach Meyer made the news public. We'll see what he can do with the team this upcoming year as they come off their 1-15 season. Meyer will likely have the opportunity to coach the number one draft pick this year, Trevor Lawrence. All right, so back to the team he constructed in Florida. The stars for this team came in the form of players such as quarterback Tim Tebow, the son of American missionaries who raised in the Philippines. You have Aaron Hernandez, a kid from a small town in Connecticut. Cameron Newton, a highly recruited QB from Georgia, as well as the Pouncey Twins. They were two young men who played near their high school stomping grounds and were local favorites. All of these players became household names in America for one reason or another. So first, we'll take a look at one of the team's most interesting relationships, that relationship between Tim Tebow and his coach, Urban Meyer. And here to give us an inside look at that is Luke Anderson. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke Anderson. I'll be talking about the relationship between star quarterback Tim Tebow and head coach Urban Meyer. At the University of Florida, these two had a very unique relationship. Tebow was a five-star recruit that led the Gators to two national championships and was the first sophomore ever to win the Heisman. 
Urban Meyer was the coach and built a very successful team while Tebow was at the university. Meyer and Tebow had such success because Meyer had the ability specifically to cater to Tebow's strengths. Meyer was a large portion of Tebow's success as a result. He made his strengths flourish while he was hiding his weaknesses as much as he could. And when Tebow went to the NFL and had a new coach, he kind of completely fell off because his weaknesses were put in the spotlight. In an interview with Tim Tebow, Tebow was asked about his relationship with Urban Meyer, and he said, Coach Meyer is like a father figure to me. The impact Meyer had on Tebow as a coach has made Tebow think about the idea to come back and coach himself. He specifically said that he wants to be a father figure to younger athletes the same way Meyer was to him. The figure he was to Tebow had a lasting impact on him that stuck throughout his football career. Tebow wants to have that same impact on younger athletes because he experienced how much a good coach could change someone's career. Not only did Meyer cater to Tebow's needs, but Tebow also catered to Meyer. During his career at Florida, he brought a lot of success to Meyer and has had a lasting impact on his career with recruiting. Meyer can use the story of his success with Tebow to help him recruit top talent. Meyer were the clear-cut leaders, they were not the only ones who made contributions. The deadly combination of a roster as a whole threw five yards short of 3,000 passing yards, had just over 600 points and an average of 445 yards on offense and only 285 yards given up on defense per game. Though these numbers were good, there were teams with better stats and possibly even a better chance of winning. However, the mindset of this group was to win no matter the cost. And we can clearly see that mentality with uh, the team's mantra. So the team's kind of uh, rally cry was to be like a wild animal. And as Meyer was quoted saying himself, you can't reason with a wild animal. They protect each other. Have you ever tried to negotiate, evaluate, or take a playoff? If you're a wild animal, that doesn't happen. The team often also described themselves as feeling untouchable. Long, grueling summer practices were viewed as hell to the players. Tim Tebow was viewed as a saint. Cornerback McKeehee Anderson claimed, you couldn't even breathe on Tebow. Everyone knew that. It was a rough environment to play in at Florida, but that's why many of these football players had been around their whole lives and had signed up for when they committed to Florida. Whether or not that contributed to their troubles off the field is hard to say, but one thing is for sure, and that's that Florida was a rough but winning culture. Yeah, this culture of hardworking ethic and intense practice combined with college kids throwing their bodies around often led to physical contact and confrontation during practice. It was a really heated scene. Urban Meyer believed player development was most effective when practices had an in-game-like intensity. So he did his best to make everyone try their hardest during these practices. Players recall practices being like SEC games, actually. Meyer's belief in the sport ethic and attitude of win at all costs, in conjunction with a team filled with egos and drastically different personalities, is what made this Gator team so unique. What I find interesting in in his early days at Florida, as I said earlier, he wasn't looking for these big power players, rather the ones that did fit his schemes and he thought would fit into the team. But as he progressed, he started looking for these star power guys and flamboyant personalities. 
The national media view of Tebow in the spotlight seemed to somewhat limit the other leaders in the locker room. Some players, like Percy Harvin, were cocky and didn't want to be told what to do. He didn't listen to anyone, including coaches and teammates. Bradley Cooper was known as a hothead as well, who constantly got into altercations with teammates. And I think when looking at this team, it's important to remember that this is a team filled with elite 18 to 23 year olds who are very good at football and they know they're very good at football. Um, and as a result, each of them kind of have their own individual swagger and belief in themselves. When these kinds of personalities combine in a setting like Urban Myers, where you work hard all the time, there's bound to be conflict and tensions will definitely rise for sure, which is what happened. Uh, we have to remember this is the highest level of football in the world for these kids at their age. Yeah, and again, individual personalities conflict in Meyer's system, and that combined with the constant pressure to be perfect in a winning culture of Florida uh, most likely led to fun times becoming a little too fun, and time away from the field uh, came with less cares in the world. To add on to that, this is honestly the most controversial team in history. When it comes to the 2008 Florida Gators, the list of felonies, crimes, and all-around media controversies just goes on and on. I mean, where do I even start? I'll take it from the top with Heisman-winning QB, Tim Tebow. Once in the NFL, Tim Tebow became the talk of sports with his Tebow Neal. It began a debate of whether or not players should bring their religion into sports as many people were offended by the constant kneel. It was the start of change in sports as we see it today. Everything that we see now with the controversial BLM stickers on the NBA courts, NFL players kneeling, all of that, you could say it comes from Tebow as he was the first to introduce this type of controversy into the sports world. Now, turning to his backup, Cameron Newton. Um, Newton found himself in some hot water after stealing a laptop and destroying it by throwing it out of a window. Um, and then turning the page to another player, I'm sure everyone is familiar with star tight end Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez's situation was so complex that Netflix made an award-winning documentary all about it. There is someone here to give us a little more information on that. I would like to welcome Nate Dowell. Aaron Hernandez was a four-star tight end from Bristol, Connecticut, and was a member of the Urban, of Urban Meyer's number one ranked recruiting class in 2007. He had five offers from big name programs, including the University of Connecticut, where his father played in the 70s, and his older brother also continued his football career there. Unfortunately, in 2006, his father, Dennis, died after complications from a hernia surgery. And the trauma from his father's death is theorized to be one of the key drivers in Hernandez's off-field troubles. Aaron was a key member of the 2008 Florida Gators team as he started 11 games, catching 34 passes for 381 yards and leading the Gators in receiving against Oklahoma in the 2009 FedEx BCS National Championship. Although Hernandez was a great player, his off-the-field issues define his career, both in college and in the NFL. Yeah, going off of what Nate had said, Hernandez is also one of the four Gator players who were questioned in connection to a shooting on September 30th, 2007. 
in Gainesville as he fit the profile of a subject who was shot five times into a vehicle, wounding both passengers. This is really where the controversy starts to begin. The two men and a friend of theirs had just left a nightclub in a car and they were a block down the road at a red light when the shots rang out. One of the victims identified as a suspect of the shooting was a Hispanic or what was said to be possibly a Hawaiian male, probably around six foot three or six foot four inches, weighing in at 230 or about 240 pounds. They also described the suspect as being covered in tattoos and all this combined really just perfectly described Aaron Hernandez build. The other lead shooter was identified by one of the victims as Reggie Nelson. Reggie was a former player at Jacksonville Jaguars and he was a rookie at the time. Later, this identification of the two players was rescinded, but it didn't mean that the news hadn't already been heard about. And the perception of the 17-year-old Aaron Hernandez would never be the same again. Then again, thank you, Andrew, by the way. In the spring of 2007, Aaron got accused of punching a bouncer at a popular bar in the area while out with quarterback Tim Tebow. Around 1 a.m., Tebow and Hernandez tried to leave the bar without Hernandez paying their bill for two drinks. Hernandez said, declined this and said he did not order them, but the manager denied that and confronted the two men on their way out. Things got heated and Hernandez swung his fist. Tebow allegedly tried to break it up, but it was too late as Hernandez had already ruptured the bouncer's eardrum with his strike. Although Hernandez had terrible off-field manners, I mean, that was known when he was going into the NFL. No one could have imagined him being convicted of murder when the news came out in 2015. He was found guilty of murder later at the first degree of semi-professional player Odin Lloyd, and he was charged for having held five weapons, or having five weapon charges. And then after two years of serving time on April 19th, 2017, Hernandez was found dead in his prison cell after hanging himself with a bedsheet. We'd be here all day when it comes to discussing the track record of the 2008 Florida Gators. So I'll name a few more notable ones real quick. O-line twins Mike and Marquise Pouncey were found wearing free Hernandez hats and shirts during Hernandez's controversial trial. Wide receiver star Riley Cooper and roommate of Tebow was recorded saying the N-word openly at a country music concert. Percy Harvin tested positive for marijuana. Safety Will Hill was suspended twice for illegal substance abuse. Janoris Jenkins, cornerback, was cited for drug possession twice. Chris Rainey, the running back, was arrested for battery, and the list goes on and on. 41 of the 121 players on the roster have been arrested at some point over the past 13 years. This brings up the question, what contributed to the culture at Urban Meyer's Florida team that allowed this to happen? Like Morgan was saying, I, these players just thought their success on the field meant that they couldn't be touched off of it and they would do whatever they liked. Yeah, for one, I know that many of the team's returners in that 2009 season had experienced heartbreak. I mean, the players were heartbroken as they received the uneasy speech from their assistant coaches that their head coach, Urban Meyer, was deciding to step down due to health complications. And 
on top of that, Meyer had said that he had missed his wife and kids. So all this added up, gave him a reason to leave the college football setting. But it was only a day later when Meyer showed up to practice yet again and said that he had changed his mind. Some of the players had taken offense to this. A lot of people saw it as a mind game and thought that it was a sort of deceiving way to get them hyped up for the upcoming BCS Bowl. In 2010, Meyer had stepped down from what seemed like permanent this time. And in fact, it was. He would never return to Florida again. So after all of this, it seems as if the invincible Florida Gators began to crumble and became a fraction of the team that they once were. The Gator dynasty was one that faced many obstacles clearly and still faces some today. And they faced a lot of pressure to reach the goals that they had eventually reached. But I think all of this begs one interesting question. If this is what it takes to have your school's best team ever, would you risk the legal trouble of your players and a tainted legacy forever? That's what we'll leave you with today. This has been Backfield taking a closer look at the 2008 Florida Gators. Thank you so much for listening.